Shalom, a brocha, we're up to Mesechus, but become a gimel. Today's daft discusses a whole bunch of more sayings and concepts. We bring makars for them, including that uh, Tommy things, bad things attract other bad things, uh, what to do when Techacha doesn't work, how we invest together to share a risk, how uh, we get more covered. When we're young, we discuss taking your case to heaven instead of to court down here. We discuss the, the klala of a hedyot. What happens if someone gives someone else permission to harm them or to tear their baggage? Is there an automatic patur or not to rip someone's baggage? Or does he have to explicate that? And that's going to be the, the, the finalization. That'll take us to the end of the eighth parak, Hachoyvel, and we begin the first of the two parak, Goizels, the ninth parak, which discusses theft that was then processed. It does have to be a reversible change, and is Libun whitening the wall, which is still considered a Shinoi or not? We begin with a couple of more statements that Rabba tells Rabba Barmori if he can find him a code for them. He says, What's this thing that people say? That a uh, weak palm tree hangs around barren trees. That bad things attract other barren things. That you're affected by your surroundings. So, Rabbi Mori says, It's a posuk in the Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, a Mishnah, and a Brisa. You like that? Here's the posuk. Vayelech Esav el Yishmael. Right? Bad attracts bad. By Nevi'im it says, Vayelech to el Yiftach, Anoshem Rekim, Nevi'u Imoi. The Yiftach, at the end of his days, he soured a bit. That didn't end off with a bang and he was hanging around empty people and in Ksuvim it says interesting over here Ksuvim is uh, Ben Sira it's my like uh, what the story is exactly with that Ksuvim how canonized is it it has some different hevel in there in any event it says we have a mission that says that anyone who's, who connects himself to Tumo becomes Tome and anyone who connects himself to Tahara becomes Tar and Abraisa we have from uh, Rabbi Yezer who says that the Zarzir bird, which isn't kosher, hangs around the Oyrev, the raven, because the non-kosher birds hang out with its type. Number 13. The 13th statement the Rabbi tells Rabbi Barmori is that people say that if you call to a friend and he doesn't answer, you should throw a wall on him. And... Uh, they were trying to explain that if, if you give someone to and he's not listening, then yeah, you give up on him. What's the Makar? The Pasuk says, I tried to meet you. You didn't want it. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Number 14. People say that the water which you drink from, you should not denigrate. It's like the concept of a curse of So he says, Well, it's a possible. This have a doimi ki a chicha huva like the toive. Mitzri kageri si baritsoi. The adoimi and and mitzrayim, even though they weren't the, the most wonderful people to us to see the least, but it's like a certain a curse of toive because they're brothers, because they hosted us. The Shita Mikabetzas of here brings a story of the Riff who uh, once got sick and he stayed in uh, someone's bathhouse and the guy hosted him very wonderfully and that person ended up losing his money and coming to a court case uh, by the riff and the riff, riff, riff refused to pass in uh, out of course he had a certain bias he was grateful to this person for helping him out 
Number 15, Rabba tells Rabba Mamuri, what's this thing that people say? That uh, I don't want to schlep things myself. If you schlep it, I'll schlep it with you. Meaning, uh, I don't want to take the risk 100% on my own shoulders. So he says, if you see this by Devoira, that uh, Barak, uh, her general, tells Devoira, if you go with me, then I'll go. But if not, I won't go. Uh, number 16, Rabba tells Rabba Mamuri, what's this thing that people say? Now, when we were young, we were like we were old. And now that we're old, it's like we're kids. We're low like children. Ben Yoyoda says that as in youth, one should think of his old age and take advantage of the years that he has. Rabbi Bamari says, we have a postage that's a source for this. It says, Oh, this is partial. And at the end, while we were still a fledgling nation and Hashem was walking with us, then later, once we were already set and in our older stages, it says, that the Malach escorted us. Once we were older, we had less COVID. We didn't have the Rebbein with us, per se. In that direct way. Number 16, Rabbi tells Rabbi Mori, what's the thing that people say? That after the rich person... You drag along the fat. The, like the, the, the rich gets uh, wears off on you. So he brings a pasuk. Since he's tagging on to Avram, who is wealthy, also got his turn of and oil. Now, Rav Hanun says that if someone brings his din to the Rebbeinu Shalayim instead of to court, that he davens that his friend should be taken care of in Hashemayim, he gets punished first. The Apostle says, Sorry, I was angry at Avram. Whatever, on, on their level, obviously. And then it says, That Avram was after burying Sarah. The Gemara qualifies that this is, this is only when there is a case to bring, court to bring this case to down on earth. And Sarah had the option of going to Shem Ve'ever. And on this note, Rav says that uh, woe is to the person who cries out more than the one who it's cried out about, the complainer. Uh, we have a Bryce that says, Now when someone cries out about someone else, they quickly listen to the uh, crier more than the one who is cried about. So it's not a good idea to bring your, your complaints to Shemayim. Work it out with them down here. Rav says that a person should always uh, value Appreciate the curse of a headache. Even though he's a, a, a headache, you, sh- you shouldn't look at it uh, like it's something light. Because we see Avimelech, who is definitely a headache, he cursed Sarah and it actually played out. The Pesach says, Hinehu The Avimelech gave her something to, to cover her eyes, a certain beged. But concealed in that message, he said, Since you concealed from me that you were Avram's wife and you caused me all this tsar, like we discussed previously. He said, that you should have children who cover your eyes. And this is like what happened. The Yitzchak lost his sight. And it's true. The Sheir's team, Aloha, points out that there were other reasons why Yitzchak lost his sight. Whether it was the Keteris of Esav's wives or the crying of the Malachim, the tears. And I can't Yitzchak. But this curse of Avimelech played a role. Yashar says that a person should always... Be from the ones who are being chased, not the ones who are chasing. Why? Because which birds, where do we see this? The birds which are chased are the Torah and the Bnei Yoyin, or the doves. And those are the ones which are kosher for the Mizbeach. Hashem takes care of those that are being chased.
Now back to Baba Kama Sugyas. We spoke about in the mission a case of someone who told someone else to blind his eye. Right? We say he's still chayiv. So Asi Barhama tells Rava, why is it different when someone tells you that he can that, that you could hurt his body and there you chayiv even if he lets and says he'll be putter, as opposed to when he gives you permission to rip his clothing in the seifa, there it works as long as he tells you makes a tonight that you, that he'll be putter. So Rava answers that in the Reisha, you're going to be chayv no matter what the guy says because a person can't be meichel on his avarim. It's not his body to be meichel on. So Ravasi Bar responds, Yeah, but how could a person be meichel on his tsar? The, the Bryce says, if someone tells him to cause him pain, to, to say mean things and things like that, I'll deny that he's potter. He will be potter. Rava was talking quiet. He said, I don't know, maybe do you have an answer to this? He says, yeah. Actually, I have three answers. At first, we have Rav Shesha's answer is that the reason why he wasn't potter by us was because it wasn't just an insult to him. That you can be Michael on that side. But when it's a pagam to the mishpacha, that you can't be Michael. So it's different when it's a, it's not just a personal tsar, that there is room to be Michael. Now we have a three-way machloikes. Rav Oishia says that when it's a pagam mishpacha, you can't be Michael. Rava says... That a person can be meichel on his rosh evarim, can be meichel on his body. That's why there's a difference in brisos. And Rabbi Yechonon says the truth is you can be meichel on anything, but you have to actually be meichel. Sometimes when a person says yes or no, he's saying it sarcastically, and he doesn't actually mean that. And we see this in a brisa that if someone says ikani Batani, you know, take your best shot and, and you'll be Potter, and the guy says hein, he says yes. That yes can mean no. If he says it's sarcastic, he's like, what, yes? And if he says, come rip, rip my clothing and you'll be paltry, and the guy says, no, it could be, he means yes. And the last tickle in the parak we learned in the Mishnah that if guy says you could destroy my property, break my barrel or my clothing, uh, if he doesn't say that you'll be putter if you do this, then the guy is automatically chayiv. We assume that the default is you're going to be chayiv. There's no automatic patira for causing damage to someone's property. The problem is... We learned from the Pasuk, uh, Lishmar Velayla Ambed. When the Pasuk says Lishmar, it means that the person gives over the item to be guarded, but not to lose it, not to rip it, not to give it out to Aniyan. It sounds like that if you were to give it to the Shaymer to destroy it, even if he doesn't explicate that he'll be Potter, without that Almanas, he's still Potter. Amish said he's chayev. So Ravuna says it's not a kasha. It depends if you made the tanai before or after. The guy was already holding it. Once the guy's holding it, the tanai is not going to work. But if you make the tanai before you give it to him, then he'll talk be potter. Rabbi says, one second, lishmer means, when the Pesach says he gives it to guard it, it means that it's already in his hands. That's where it will automatically be potter. Rabbi says you have to tweak it a little bit. That'll be Potter when it's already in his hands. Betoyras Shmira. That's where he'll still be high. But he put if he if he gave it to him, and he's already holding it. Betoyras Kriya to rip it. Then he'll be Potter. He got it with that built in tonight. This is what it's. This is why I have it. He won't be high for that. And it's a story of a. Uh, Tzedakah box that came to Pumbadisa and Yosef gave it as Bikotam gave it to someone to watch and this guy who was watching it was Pesheya with it and thieves came and stole it. Yosef said that he's Chayev. Abayah said, hold on, but the, but the Brisa brings from Lishmar 
One of the drushes was that it can't not to give out to Aniyim. This is what we call Momen Shein Loi Toivim. The guy who was guarding it shouldn't be Chayiv. So Rebbe said it's a little different here in Pumbadisa because over here the Danim and Pumbadisa have already set amounts which they are dedicated. So it's like they already have a Tevio in this money and this guy is therefore a Shoimer in that regard. And with that, Hadran Allah which began talking about if someone wounds somebody and then the five the hate for him that someone has paid as exactly Bushevis and Boishes. We begin the ninth parak parak Hagolizalatim, which discusses if someone steals something and then he changes the thing which he stole. He bought, he steals wood and he makes Kalim out of it. He steals wool and he makes Begodim out of it. So over here, he doesn't have to pay the value of the Begodim or the chair that he built. He pays the amount that it was worth when he stole it. Kishas Hagazela. And the same applies across the board if he steals a pregnant cow, if he gives birth, or a very hairy ram and then he shears it he pays the amount of a pregnant cow and a ram which is ready to be sheared if he steals a cow and it only becomes pregnant while he has it and then it gives birth or the 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 rochel which he steers which he steals grows here and then he shears it he pays whatever it was worth when he stole it that's the claw whenever you steal something you pay don't steal things. But if someone were to steal something, he pays however much it was worth when he stole it. And the Gemara says, sounds like from our Mishnah that if he turns the wood into Kalim, there he's not going to have to pay for Kalim. But if he just smooths it out, he would have to pay that amount of the smoothed wood. And if he steals wool, he's only not chayv if he turns it into a beggar. But if he just whitens it, that's not a shinoi. The problem is that we learned that if someone steals wood and he smooths it out, or stones, and he chisels them, or wool, and he whitens it, or pishton, and cleans it, he has to pay kishas Zela. The deal from my Mishnah is that he would have to pay post these processes. So Abai gives the first answer, says that our Mishnah is talking about a shinoi dirabonon. Why? Because it's reversible. Shinoi dirabonon, definitely. Kalvachoymer would not be something he has to pay back. And when we when you say that, when, when our Mishnah says that he turned the wood into Kalim, that was already talking about where he, he stole smooth wood, like boards, and the thing that he built is something that you could undo. You just have to loosen it, take it apart. It was an Ikea package. And when we say that he stole wool, that was already spun into threads. So now when he made it into Beged, you could just pull it apart. And it'll be back into the thing that he stole, the, the threads. Kolsikin, Amishno would agree that if it's a Shinoi Daraiso, is a Mama should change. That he would be paying what he stole. To that Brysa, that wouldn't agree with our Brysa. That Brysa is talking about really big changes, Daraiso. But they would say that in our Mishnah, when it was only Shinoi Darabonon, there you would have to pay back the post the change. But Ravashi gives a different answer. He says that our Mishnah. He's also talking about Shinoda Raisa. It's where he took this wood and he made it into a pestle. So really he just smoothed it down. And the wool, he turned it into like felt, which is also a Shinoi which is irreversible. Kamara asks, hold on a second. If he's just Malabe and he just whitens the wool, is that a Shinoi or not? Because we learned 
Hamish, it sounds like it is a Shinoi. We learned that when it comes to Rish's Hagez, so the guy shears his sheep, the first sheep, and now he's giving this this whole big bunch of wool to the Koyin. If he dies it before the Koyin gets there, that was a Shinoi, and he's not giving him the wool of his sheep. That's a totally different wool, and he's going to be potter from giving that to the Koyin. Not allowed to do it. But we learned that if he only whitened it and he didn't dye it, he's still going to be Chayev, because that's not a Shinoi. Is it a Shinoi or not? Three answers. Abaya says, We see in a Braisa that if someone shears his sheep and he spins it or he and he uh, weaves it, this woven wool is not metzarev to the Rishas Hagez. But if he only whitened it, he didn't make that much of a shinoi. There's a machleke. As Rabbi Shimon says, it's not metzarev, it's a shinoi. The Chachamim say it's not a shinoi and it can be metzarev to the Rishas Hagez. Rav gives a different answer. He says that no, they're both in Shita. Rabbi Shimon who says that it can be metzarev, that it is not a shinoi. The, 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 the difference is how he cleaned it out. Did he do it by hand or did he use a brush? It's a bigger shinoi. Rav gives a third answer. One is where he washed it. The other is where he used a, a real bleach, did a very big washing. That's a, a much bigger shinoi, and that's when it can't be minstarev. The Gemara says, one second, you're telling me that according to Shimon, if you dye it, that's not a sh- That's we're, we're about to say that that's not a shinoi, but just whitening it is a shinoi? A totally new color is less of a shinoi than just cleaning it, making it white? The Baisa says... When it comes to coloring it, that if the guy takes his race as a gaze, he shears it. And as he shears it, he starts dyeing it. Or spinning it, or weaving it. The stuff that he takes off is not starved to the rest. You have, you have to have a certain shear uh, to be Mekai in the mitzvah. But that's not included in his race as a gaze, because it's too much of a shinoi. Over there, Shimon ben Yehuda says, in the name of Reb Shimon, that if he dyes it, it's still starved. You see that dyeing it is not Oh, Shinoi, you know, now you're going to tell me that Shimon holds that whitening it is? Hello. Two answers. Abai says, well, there could be two shitas in Rab Shimon. There's Rabbonin according to Rab Shimon. And there's Rab Shimon Yehudali with Rab Shimon. But Rava answers, the no. Rabbonin aren't arguing on Rab Shimon Yehuda. Dying it is less of a Shinoi than whitening it. Because if you put a collar into wool, you could take it out with some soap. When you bleach it, you can't take out bleach. It's now whitened. When we say, when Rav Shimon is, is telling us that, when he colors it, that's a shinoi, that's when he puts in a color that's irreversible. That, that's where everyone agrees when he puts in this Kale Ilan. It's a very strong dye that doesn't come out. This is like the, the, the fake Trelas. That's where this, do, this wool won't be able to be used for the racist against because it's an irreversible dying like bleaching is irreversible. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.